0: Welcome to the Masculine Journey. We are really glad to have you with us today. And boy, it seems like forever since I've sat in the big chair. <laughs> well, don't you're make Sybil. a comment. Sybil is sitting in the big chair. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting in the big chair. You keep eating, and eventually you're in the- <laughs> you can't sit in the small chairs anymore. Uh, no, it's been good. it's good to see you guys. I know we were together a little bit last week, but it's uh, we've been out of sequence a little bit, so it's good to be back together. Um, it's today. Uh, Dennis isn't with us, and Vinny's not able to make it with us today. Um, But it's Al and and Robbie and myself.
2: And a shout out to our brothers who who can't be here. And Vinny, somebody's got to listen to Frank Sinatra and Vic Damone with me.
0: That won't be me. Got to come back. See, (laughs) I'm stuck with these.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You are.
0: (laughs) You are. You are. The uh, the topic today is one that we've talked about at times. And so you kind of ask, okay, why would you go back to a topic that you might have talked about before? Because it's not fixed. That's a good. That's one part of it. Have you ever noticed that some of the Bible kind of repeats itself from time to time? Because we as humans don't always get it the first time. You know, they, they, God has to kind of tell us or remind us sometimes over and over of some things. And you kind of see that through Scripture as well. And so today we're going to be talking about the topic of woundedness. We're going to talk about it in a little bit different way. Al, if you would, can you get ready the... the part from that song that uh, you were reading earlier the, Sunday I was driving back with my family from Baltimore last week and uh, they were asleep actually they were watching a movie and I, I was driving so that's good no one else is driving but I was driving and, and an Eagle song came on and it was a song already gone and I've heard it many many times over the years but there was this one part that really just spoke to my heart and almost made it stop for a moment not my heart but made the song stop for a moment now go ahead and read that part
2: so oftentimes it happens that we live our lives in chains and we never even know we have the key
0: we live our lives in chains and we never really know we have the key now Robbie, have you ever found yourself feeling like you're under a big pile of chains at any point
2: maybe not chains but a big pile of um life uh, yeah.
1: motor oil whatever the situation yeah. <laughs> be. <maybe. laughs> if you're the christian car guy it could be grief but and and i loved Todd, you know, who's often on here, our good friend, um, Todd Clark, says, You know, you have this really inappropriate emotional response to something. Mm-hmm. And, and something happened, you know, it happened to me last night. I, I was with a pastor of a, a different church, and based on how he reacted to me, all the next thing I knew, I was really mad at him, although I didn't know the man. And I immediately went to God and said, Whoa, time to check under the hood. There's, there must be a wound here. And sure enough, there was. And and which gave me an opportunity to see, okay, I got a chain on me because something's making me really angry and and that I don't really understand completely. And do I want to, you know, go into that?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of times you have to wait till the very end of the show for us to give you the answer. We're going to give you the answer, but you want to stay tuned and listen how you can really live within that and have it fully, more fully involved in your life. And that, that key is Jesus. Exactly. Right. That keys Jesus that breaks those chains. And, and so we're going to play a clip here that's not the most uplifting clip. Oh, it's very emotional. But it's very poignant. And, Robbie, would you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. The movie is Goodwill Hunting. And, it, you know, it's a phenomenal movie about understanding wounds. And the hero of this um, show, particular movie, was a brilliant genius of a guy. But he was extremely broken because of some abuse when he was a child. And you can't figure out why he's not getting his life straight until you, you come to this scene and you see this totally inappropriate response from an emotional standpoint. And you and what happens is he, he is revealing his woundedness.
3: That's don't don't tell me about my world. Don't tell me about my world. I mean, you just want to have your little fling with, like, the guy from the other side of town. Then you're going to go off to Stanford and just sit around with the other trust fund babies and talk about how you went slumming too once. Why are you saying this? What is your obsession with this money? My father died when I was 13 and I inherited this money. You don't think every day I wake up and I wish that I could give it back, that I would give it back in a second if it meant I could have one more day with him? But I can't and that's my life and I deal with it. So don't put on me when you're the one that's afraid. I'm afraid, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? You're afraid of me, you're afraid that I won't love you back. You know what, I'm afraid too. I want to give it a shot, and at least I'm honest with you. I'm not honest with you. No, what about your 12 brothers? No, you're not going. You're not leaving. What do you want to know? What? That I don't have 12 brothers? No, yeah. you don't want to hear that. I didn't that. know no, that. No, you don't want to hear that. You don't I want to hear that I got it. cigarettes put out of me when I was a little kid. Honey, I didn't know that. That this isn't surgery that could stab me. You <laughs> don't want to hear that, Skylar. I don't, do. Want don't, to hear don't tell that. me you want to hear that. Because I want to help you. Because I help want to be with What do I got? A sign on my back that says save me? No. Do I look like I need that? No, God. I just want to be. I love you. <laughs> I want to hear you say that you don't love me. Because if you say that, then I won't call you. And I won't be in your life. I don't love you.
0: wow (laughs) that one is good feeling gone hard to listen to but that happens oh yeah you know it happens very frequently and we see somebody react as you were saying and we know that the reaction doesn't necessarily fit the situation and so what we've learned is to look under the hood right Mr. Cargay
1: Uh, yeah there you go it's it's time to check under the hood and Mm -hmm. see what's going on and I, I came across this that Spurgeon said this week, and it just spoke volumes to me, and it got in my heart, and I can't get it out. He said that David would not have been a man after God's own heart had he not been a man of prayer, and what that meant for me was that when he, when David came across this type of situation where he was he knew he was freaking out over what was going on, what did he do? He took it to the Lord and if there's one thing that we uh, you know could get out of this show with our listeners is, is maybe sometime this week, maybe sometime right after the show, you knew that you had a, an appropriate response and you took that to the person that does have the key and you took it deeper, Sam, that's part of it. It's not just saying, God, I don't understand why I'm acting this way, but there's things inside that wound that are agreements and strongholds, and we've talked about them before, here's a cue that says okay Robbie here's a place Jesus wants to come after
0: what about if I'm smite doesn't get angry and that's not me but what if I, <laughs> <hypothetically>, <laughs> I was going to say who's that guy <laughs> yeah hypothetically it could be
1: some you know an, an inappropriate it could be it could be tears Right. It, it, it could be a lot of different things that you just go yeah th- this is affecting me way more than it should logically there must be something else that's going on here there's a wound
0: you know I've, I've had both of those situations uh uh, anger is one that i dealt with a lot uh, earlier on and especially until god helped me get some healing on some significant woundedness uh involving some abuse in my life when i was a kid and and so god's helped me move past that in mostly right i mean he's really helping me get through that and move past it i guess i should say but i've also just found myself at times just weeping uncontrollably yeah and you say, okay, maybe it is a bad situation, or maybe it is something that's not great, but why that response? You know, why is the response so intense? And it's because it's probably more than about that situation alone. Yeah, you know, Al, has there been times that you've kind of seen that in your life in the past where um, a response didn't necessarily fit the situation? You
2: mean like, have I overreacted in great distress or anger <laughs> Um, to someone I loved um, way more than the situation occurred I can't nothing comes to mind (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's go ahead and
0: call your wife Uh, oh wait
2: wait wait something came to mind (laughs) you know there was a time early in my marriage where um, I grew up in a situation where there was a lot of anger and we verbally assaulted one another in conflict the smallest conflict warranted a prosecutor looking for the death penalty. And that's the way I came after my wife when there was a problem. And when I did that, and she, I said, that's not going to happen in this family. And she said, okay. Come, I've never seen anybody deal with a problem like that. And she was just more interested in getting away from it. But I knew at that point when I saw somebody handle it differently, I thought, Something's not right inside. Something's wrong in my heart. Why am, I, why am I doing the things that were done to me? Why am I treating people the way I'd never wanted to be treated? And so for me, that was the wake-up call. I had to change. I had to become the person I wanted to be. I had to become the person I wanted people to treat me like.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what if you're sitting out there and you say, well, Sam, Robbie, Al, you guys have been down on this topic before. I went out and I've talked with God. You know, I've dealt with some of these wounds, but do we go through life only getting wounded one time? Is there only one significant wound that hurts our hearts? You know, I don't think that that's really true. I mean, it's multiple times. I mean, Jesus was betrayed. Jesus was um, put on trial for something he didn't do. Right, well. And then he was denied. and Then he was denied. And so there was several times that he was hurt. As a man, I would think, because those are friends, those are people that he loved. And so how would we be any different to not have multiple times of woundedness?
1: Yeah, and, and the beauty of that is, you know, in order to walk in the the person that God wants you to be. And, and if you look at the 17th Psalm, it's just uh, it's a glorious place for me. In the 8th verse, it says, Keep me as the apple of your eye, and sh- and shield me under your wings. And and what God's saying, I mean, what David is asking God to do is continue to make your favorite. I mean, he's he's crying out. He's been betrayed, and he's in this point that that we're talking about, where he's trying to look under the hood. Why he's struggling with all these people, and he's asking God, can you can you protect me here? Can you keep me as your favorite? What does that look like and how can I go about getting in there? And and that connection David had with God was what made him, you know, able to be King David, able to fight these huge battles and, and you know, the Lord's battles.
0: It didn't make him immune no. from being hurt. No, hurt you, know, you go back to his, yeah. his story, you know, he got hurt over and over again and he did hurt others. When we come back, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what happens... If you move past some woundedness and you find yourself back there again with a similar issue or you find a new wound, how do you go back and deal with that? And how do you invite God into it? Come back. We're going to talk about that and more.
1: We try
2: to hide our truths about our mental and substance use disorders from the world and sometimes from ourselves. Saying I'm fine is a facade. By facing our problems, recovery begins. And we are empowered to speak our truth. Join the voices for recovery. Speak up. Reach out. For confidential information on mental and substance use disorders, including prevention and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
0: Hey, I thought you
1: and the boys were doing some environmental cleanup thing today. We are. Well, it looks more like you're going fishing. We are. And that's the example you're setting for our children. Uh
3: Uh-huh. Conservation is easy. Every time you purchase a fishing license or register your boat, you're helping to preserve our nation's coastlines, lakes, rivers, and streams, protecting memories for generations to come. To learn about all the ways your participation in boating and fishing help the environment, visit takemefishing.org slash conservation.
0: Welcome back. We are talking about those chains of life that come along and just kind of keep you in bondage. Maybe that was early on before you were a Christian that you really felt that weight. Maybe it's at different times throughout your life. I think God's walk with us is all unique. And so we've kind to feel things a little bit differently as we walk through it. But when we left, we're talking about what if you're a person that you've walked a little bit of this story with us along the way and you've went out and you've okay God, I'm gonna give you these reactions that I've had. I'm gonna ask you to help me dig into some woundedness and and he will come in and he does come in and he came in for you and now you find yourself back in a in a reactionary place again. has that ever happened to you, Robbie? have you ever found yeah, yourself like back this here? morning? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know it's amazing how easily. You know, I can simply go to my email and check my, you know, and it says alert, you know, from your bank that you just had an overdraw check or whatever. And you're like, oh, and, and immediately your world starts crushing in and and, and you think, wow, I, you know, 15 minutes ago, I was, I was with the Lord. Everything was good. What in the world is going on? And how can I get back there?
0: Because
1: I'm already gone. You're already gone
0: <laughs> in, in a bad way. And you got to look at that and say, okay, where's that coming from? Right, right. Where's that? What's that pushing against? And we're going to play a clip, and it's from a, an older show that you'll find on at Nick at Night, and it's um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And in this particular clip, Will's dad, who's not really ever been in the scene, comes in and and uh, is spending some time with Will and rekindling that relationship. Well, when we hear this clip at the beginning, you have the father talking to Uncle Phil. Yeah, yeah, Uncle Phil. And uh, you'll hear that, and then when uh, Will and his father are done talking, you get to hear what happens a few moments later after the dad leaves in Will's life. Now,
3: are you are going to tell Will or not? I'm not going to do your dirty work for you. Fine. Uh, I'll call him from the road. Yeah, then why don't you do that? Yeah, I'll do that. daddy out. What's up? Will. <laughs> Damn, man, I'm glad you're here. Um... Some business came up I gotta handle. So we're gonna have to put our trip on hold. You understand? Yeah, 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 that's that's cool. cool. Just for a couple of weeks. Mm, I understand. Maybe a little longer. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Look, I'll I'll call you next week and we'll iron out the details, Mm -hmm. okay? Yeah, yeah. It was great seeing you, son. You too. Lou? Yeah, um... I'm sorry, Will. You know what? Actually, this works out better for me. You know what i Well, saying? it's all right to be angry. Hey, well, why should I be mad? I'm saying at least he said goodbye this time. I just wish I hadn't wasted my money buying this stupid present. I'm sorry. I, you know, if there was something that I hey, could Hey, you know do. what? You ain't got to do no, nothing, Uncle Phil. Hey, you know, ain't like I'm still five years old, you know? Ain't like I'm going to be sitting up every night asking my mom when's daddy coming home, you know? Who needs him? Hey, he wasn't there to teach me how to shoot my first basket, but I learned, didn't I? Hey, I got pretty good at it too, didn't I, Uncle yeah, Phil? Did? Got through my first day without him, right? Mm. I learned how to drive. I learned how to shave. I learned how to fight without him. I had 14 great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a card. <gasps> I ain't need him then, and I don't need him now. Well, now, well. you know what, Uncle Phil? I'm going to get through college without him. I'm going to get a great job without him. I'm going to marry me a beautiful honey. And I'm having me a whole bunch of kids. I'm going to be a better father than he ever was. And I sure as well don't need him for that. Because ain't a thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids. How come he don't want me, man? <laughs> you,
0: you're going to hear... Just the, the hurt. It begins as anger, but then it becomes just the pain. Right? The pain that's coming back of, Wow, I've I've been here before. Now you could look at that and say, Okay, in this story, you know, it's a fictional show on T V, but that's that's a lot of other people's stories out there. That may be your story today. But that's been some of the cycle that you've lived with and or something similar. Maybe it wasn't your dad, maybe it's another situation that keeps reoccurring. It's an opportunity to say, God, help me get at this once and for all. Help me really go deeper, and maybe I won't get it completely fixed, but help me find out why that emotion is still so hard. I know that for me, there's, there's recently um, losing my father-in-law, which was a very hard thing for my wife and her family, and, and I found myself in a really, really hard place. And, and not because... It was because I loved him, I loved him a lot, but there was a lot of undealt things with my dad dying in 84 that I really hadn't dealt with yet, and it gave me the opportunity um, when Dallas passed, my father-in-law, to go back to God and say, okay, Father, I know that this is hurting, and I know I'm weeping, and I know it's hard, but there's more here. I can feel it. And he's in the process right now of helping me go back many, many years ago and probably break an agreement that was there, an agreement that you're always going to be on your own. There's never going to be a father there for you type thing. And and so, you know, God's in the midst of working on that with me real time. And it's really pretty cool, painful at times, but it's really pretty cool as I know God's going to come in and say, let's let's dig that out, son. Let's help you.
1: Yeah, and And some of you may, this may be the first time you've ever heard this show and you have no idea what we mean by an agreement. And 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 those are agreements that uh, Satan's trying to get at. And if we go back to Will's story, he's clearly telling Will, he's whispering in his ear, you're worthless. You, you, the reason why he don't love you is because you're a bad kid. And so if Will agrees with Satan on that, I'm a bad kid, now we have an agreement that Satan has a, a grip on Will because it's a lie. And that's what Satan loves to have. If he, you know if there's a lie out there, then he controls now will to some extent with that, and he can actually create a stronghold and part of the way that that can happen is if will somehow or another blames himself for how his father is treating him, and so if he blames himself that, that I'm a bad kid and he makes this agreement with Satan, it becomes a stronghold, now we really need the blood of Christ, and this is where we have from my point of view, the deep cleansing of the blood of Christ because when I got back to some of my woundedness when Jesus has taken me on these. The point was, Robbie, are you going to forgive yourself for what, what that is, and what I, and and the problem was I couldn't without Jesus is what He paid for in order for me to get there. So to break those strongholds, to break those agreements that I've made with Satan, and get that lie out of my life, I need christ i need that key and that key is his blood that he shed so that i could be forgiven even if i was completely at fault which in some of those cases where i couldn't forgive myself in those things that was the issue i couldn't forgive myself because i was completely wrong but the good news is jesus paid for that with his blood
0: he did and the key is is that and more that key is when you hold your hand and walks you through the process And helps you find the truth on the other side of it. You know, you're talking about the attack. And the attack can be on you as a person. And it typically will come down at some level to your value or your identity. That's what Satan's going to come after. It may sound different to all of us. But that's really what he's trying to do. Because he's trying to break that bond with the Father. You know, because obviously, as God, God's good, right? God's perfect. And if I'm, I see myself in a mirror that's cloudy with the enemy's lies, then I'm going to feel like I can't be vulnerable or open up to the Father. Yeah. And that's really what he's after.
2: You know, when, when Jesus, after he had fasted for 40 days, 40 nights, and he goes to face temptation with Satan, his identity is attacked first. Mm-hmm. He says, if you are the Son of God, you know, well, now he's weak. He's alone and he's got to face the enemy and he doesn't buy into it. He co- he knows who he is. He doesn't have doubts about it. He trusts in his father completely. And I think that's, a, you know, the same place that that David was. David made mistakes. But on the other side of it, he knew his father loved him. He trusted him and he didn't doubt him. And I think that's the point we have to get to, where that real deep cleansing comes from that Robbie's talking about. You really have to trust that he does love you, that you are forgiven.
0: So why is it if God loves us so much, he allows us to get hurt? (laughs) I mean, that's what you hear. Why God no kill devil? (laughs) That's right. That's an easier way to say it. But, you know, why does he, if we're his beloved children, and that's truly our identity... You know, I often hear from people, then why does he allow this to happen? Or why, why does he allow me to get hurt?
2: If this, if the enemy, Satan has a hold on you, you have to break that grip. There's going to be pain involved in breaking that grip of Satan that, you know, we've through our own actions, we we all make mistakes. Some of them are, are become deep sins and the enemy gets a hold of us to break that hold, that bond that he's got over us. We have to face that wound rip that wound back open and get his hand out of it
1: that's yeah, going to cause a, pain there, there's a sense of he who's been forgiven much loves much mm-hmm. and, and and as i get in there and i get to see what jesus how much he really does love me in spite of you know how awful i am at times then there's a sense of what a b- unbelievable god i serve and there's a worship a level of worship for me having been th- through the the total forgiveness of certain issues like that that really brought me to a place of, of seeing Christ in a, in a way that's more than glory.
0: Agreed. The, I'm going to go back. Thank you. Those are great points. I'm going to go back to the question. I'm going to go back to the question. If God really loves us, why does he allow us to get hurt? I mean, we're all parents. Do we love our kids? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Do we know they're going to get hurt throughout life? Is that what you want for them? No, no but they make choices. And sometimes with those Part choices, free will. He has hard times that are hard. Sometimes it's other people's choices as we've talked about before. But at the end of the day, this world is still full of broken people. Now some are further along than others in that restoration process, but we all have some brokenness, some broken edges and I don't know about you, but a sliver of glass still hurts pretty much. <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> yeah, bee sting—I got one on Sunday. It hurt yeah. like crazy. Yeah, those really kind of hurt. And so, you know, looking at that and saying, you know, any brokenness there is going to have some jagged edges, and those jagged edges are going to rip something at some point, whether that's within you or with somebody else, and and hurt people, often hurt people. And so, as you go out this week, Robbie, what's one thing that you'd like people to go do from the show? Just to take action on.
1: I'd love for them to ask God to come into that place that they know and spend some time with him in what we call a covenant of silence and ask him, where did I make an agreement? Is there a stronghold here or take me back to where this where this you can unlock the key? Al,
0: what's one thing for you quickly?
1: Trust. Trust. Just complete unadulterated trust
2: that he's going to do the right thing for me and through me and by me.
0: And for me, it's just believe who you are in him. Believe his word. Know your identity. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.